This is Mike Bassett, and welcome to our Christmas light roast edition of Legal Grounds. Depending on who you ask, growing up, one of the best things my much older siblings exposed me to was comedy. And I'm not talking about Looney Tunes. So when I was lucky enough to have two sons, I may or may have not started using what my mother would have called blue humor earlier than most dads. After all, you can only watch so much Saturday Night Live or Monty Python and have to explain the jokes so many times. But even though some moms out there may be rolling their eyes, I can say that this love of laughter has never faded in our family, especially between my sons and I. It has become like a sixth love language. And even though we don't live under the same roof, thanks to memes, GIFs, and YouTube clips, we still make each other laugh on a daily basis. And as good humor often does, it also forces us to think a little deeper, even if just for a brief second. And so it was that this entire episode was inspired by a tweet my youngest son sent me, which read, nativity scenes are just G.I. Joe's for grandmas. Now, let's make one thing clear up front. I didn't almost spit my coffee laughing at grandmothers or the birth of Christ. I nearly spit my coffee because I know Liz and I own multiple nativity sets. It was a call out and a damn funny one at that. Jump forward a couple days and as I began to try and write something semi-original about Christmas, no pressure, that tweet popped into my head. And as one thought tumbled into another, I had one of those minor epiphanies. Even in the most elaborate nativity scenes I've seen, there is one character from the story who I don't think I've ever seen depicted. The innkeeper. In the gospel, the story goes, and I'm paraphrasing, that Mary and Joseph show up to Bethlehem to register for the Roman census. Mary is pregnant, and they desperately need a place to stay. They eventually find an inn, but there is no room for them, so she ends up having to give birth in a stable and place Christ in a manger to sleep and keep warm. Now, for the longest time, I don't think I've ever really thought about the innkeeper. After all, it's one sentence in a pretty sizable book. But also, it kind of makes sense, right? Why add another figurine on top of Mary, Joseph, Jesus, the three wise men, the shepherds in the fields, and of course, a menagerie of livestock? Still, it bugged me enough that I did a quick Google search for innkeeper gospel. And the first article that popped up would end up completely flipping the script on how I believe we should think about the infamous carrier from this biblical story. Starting with the fact that he was never even a character at all. Because the innkeeper, the one we all know as turning away Mary and Joseph in their hour of need, he's not even mentioned in the gospel. Seriously. That verse you're thinking about? Yeah, that's Luke chapter 2, verse 7, and it reads as follows. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So that innkeeper you've always held a grudge at, the one who has gone down in history as a royal jerk, well, he's only a character, in that we can infer someone had to own the inn. We know nothing about what they said to Mary and Joseph. But Mike, you say, actions speak louder than words. Who turns away a pregnant woman? A fair point, except that again, there is only mention of the fact that there was no room. 
The ugliness is, like the character of the innkeeper himself, inferred. So what would I do, I asked myself, if I were in the shoes of this guy? Now, skipping over the fact that I know next to nothing about first century cultural history, on a human level, that guy had to feel pretty bad. It sure was a lot rougher back then, but the emotion of empathy is primal. So you're an innkeeper with a pregnant woman on your doorstep with absolutely zero room for her to be comfortable, much less have a child. What do you do? Well, in the story, Christ is born in a stable. No woman's first choice, to be sure. But considering how valuable animals were as property, I can't imagine they picked the lock and hid out. Someone had to have let them stay in that stable, even though it was the last thing they had to offer. Now, did the innkeeper own the stable? Could be. Did he point this distraught couple to the only place he knew might have a place to keep them warm? It's not out of the realm of possibility. After all, in my version of this thought experiment, as the innkeeper, I want to at least do something to help these folks out. And so we come to the thesis of my Christmas reflection. Learn to give, even when we feel what we're not giving is enough. Now, I'm not talking about running yourself ragged and saying yes to everything. That path, believe it or not, usually ends in the land of resentment. No, the kind of giving I'm talking about is the kind of giving that feels, well, useless. Let's start with the world's most obvious and relatable scenario. In pretty much every major city, the number of unhoused people is rising. So there's a good chance at some point in the past, let's say month, that the opportunity to engage with and assist someone experiencing homelessness has presented itself. So what thought runs through your mind? I won't speak for you, but I know that often my internal dialogue goes something like this. Well, I don't have any cash on me. Yeah, but I guess I could get some cash back from the clerk. But I wasn't even going into the store. I just needed gas. Plus, they may spend it on drugs or alcohol. And while it's sad, God, I don't want to enable that behavior. Okay, well, let's see if they need something to eat. Yeah, but it looks like they're sleeping. And what if they get angry when I wake them up? And then before I know it, the gas tank is full. And I shake my head sadly and think, there but for the grace of God go I. And by the time lunch rolls around, well, the entire experience has disappeared from my mind. And so this reflection forced me to ask myself, why didn't I give? Sure, there was indecision, but that indecision was, for me, ultimately based on this gut-level feeling that I had nothing to give that was truly going to make a difference in that person's life. Instead, well, instead I could have been the innkeeper. The person who, through actions, not words, tries to make a difference even when it feels like trying to push back the tide. There is a simple mantra that I have learned from my time with the Jesuit community that I think applies here. Just do the next good thing. Now, I don't want to leave you on a down note as we move into this holiday season, but if you felt a little pang in your stomach, well, maybe that's not a bad thing. It means that the next time an opportunity presents itself, whether buying someone a bottle of water, offering a couch because you don't have a bed, or helping someone try to jumpstart their car, even if it doesn't work. Because while what is given can often be quantifiable, the act of giving is not. 
all of us have a story. A terrible day made better by an unexpected coffee from a coworker. The person who helps push your car into the parking lot. These small acts of giving matter just as much as building a hospital wing or a lecture hall. As St. Teresa reminds us, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. Your shopping is hopefully done. Your in-laws already may be in town. Sorry about that. And you might even be burned out on the holidays. But I promise you, finding the smallest ways to give, offering a stable because your inn is full, can make all the difference in the world. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, y'all. This is Mike Bassett with Legal Grounds. Be easy, everybody. was written, recorded, and produced by Dust Devil Press. To learn more about today's guest and for links to the topics and materials discussed, please check out our show notes. For more information on Mike Bassett, visit thebassettfirm.com. Questions, topic ideas, and guest suggestions can be emailed to legalgrounds at thebassettfirm.com. <laughs>